unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush is live. What's up, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen? It is I, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, back with another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit, which means we just get right to the nitty-gritty of what it is that's designed to shift your perspectives about your past, present, and your future to create a kick-ass, unstoppable life that you're excited about living. Who's excited about living their life? Raise your hand. Who's excited? Who's trying to avoid their life? I doubt if you're watching this, you're trying to avoid your life because you know I'll kick your ass. Lily Wang in the house. What's up? Lily is in the house already. Thank you so much for being here. Misfits for life. I love you guys. I love you guys. So again, here's the here's the deal. Whether you're watching live or on the replay, because I know a lot of you guys can't catch it live. You guys watch the replay. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. As always, questions and engagement are welcome. So type in the little chat if you have questions for myself or my guest. We would love the opportunity to answer those questions, pour into your bucket, and have you walk away from this show, this conversation, just a little bit more enlightened, just a little bit more confident, just a little bit more excited about going through those challenging things, those hard things in your life to actually rise above, go through them, grow through them, and then go kick ass and teach other people how to do it. Is that a deal? Is that a deal? We have a deal. This is the Ron and Scripted Show, and I'm excited tonight. Can you tell I'm excited? Actually, I just truth be told, I just got off. Well, I just got off. That's a bad thing to say, Christopher. Well, I can say that because this is my show. I just got off. Pause. Being interviewed, being interviewed. So I was on the other side of the microphone for the last hour on uh, uh, Jean Guy's show, uh, PTSD uh, with a smile. I just screwed that up. But uh, anyways, you guys can catch that on my Facebook Live. We just did that. We just had a great conversation about PTSD, mental health, and more importantly, how we can all take responsibility. Hmm? Um, ready to take on any potential challenge that's going to come our way. So if you guys got a challenge, put it in the chat box. Let uh, myself and my guest pour into you. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable with that, of course, you can always private message me and we'll take care of you after the fact. But again, we're here every single Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the Ron and Scripted Show. And of course, we are on podcast as well. So we are on podcast as well, wherever your favorite podcast is. If we're on Spotify, we're on iHeart, we're on iTunes. Just go in there and type Ron and Scripted and it'll pop up because guess what? Nobody else is doing Ron and Scripted. And here's another thing for you guys. Here's something cool I found out. I went and Googled my name the other day. I typed in Christopher Roush podcast and my other podcast came up and it was all right there and it was all on the different things. So if you guys want to get more of me, if you want to take me on the road in your ear, you can subscribe to the podcast. I would love for you guys to do that. And if you dig the show, please, please, please write a review. Uh, I'm really going to take the show to the next level in 2022 because I'm surrounding myself with some amazing people who are already doing that. And I'm like, hey, you surround yourself with great like-minded individuals and you want to take your success to the next level as well. So we'll definitely be doing that. Uh, what's interesting is I looked at my podcast statistics the other day and I really don't do much of that stuff, but I saw that I am growing in India. India, me. Kick-ass Christopher. I'm growing in India. I love it. That's one of the biggest demographics of, of where I'm growing, which was kind of surprising. But uh, hey, 
we love you in India. So my brothers and my sisters, I know I got my, my friend Bashal out there and I got so many other of my friends over there in India. We love you guys. Um, wherever you're at in the world, man, this big spinning blue marble in the world, no matter where you're at, what you're doing, what you look like, what you sound like, what you smell like, whatever you believe in, you're always welcome here with me. Always welcome here with me. I don't care if we have differing opinions. I don't care what the hell's going on. I love you. I'm here for you. I may not necessarily agree with you and I may not necessarily like some of the shit that you believe in, but I love you because we're all souls here having a human existence, human experience. And uh, I just love each and every one of you. Look who's in the house. We got Mary Kay in the house. My buddy, she's going to be on the Ron and Scoop. giving you that look. I don't know what look I'm giving you. I see my internet is kind of freaking out a little bit. So if I pause, oh, well, that's technology. Christopher Cason's in the house. Hello and good evening, Christopher. Once again, man, I'm proud of you. I see you're going live and you are bringing the conversation uh, about autism to the forefront. And I love it. I think that's massively important. So thank you for being the light. Thank you for taking the risk and taking the challenge to go out there and step in front of the camera and the microphone and educate other people. So thank you. Thank you, Christopher, for being here. Holy smokes. I got Joe in the house. Joe DeChara. I hope I, I can't remember if I pronounced your name right. It's been like 10 years since I've seen you. Brother Joe from the East Coast. It's good to see you, man. Thank you for being here and spending your time with us. I really appreciate you. We got to get you on the show as well. Joe's a buddy of mine from back in the rock star days. We'll just leave it at that. The rock star days. You guys can lead into that. But me and Joe are rock stars. We were on stage. We were rock stars. Uh, we got Laura in the house. She says, excited to be here. Laura, thank you so much for spending your time with us. I appreciate you. Uh, Joe says here, yes, you paused. In the house, yes. Joe, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. So without any further ado, let's just jump right into it because I don't want to waste any more time. Um, my guest tonight, I've had the opportunity to get to know over the uh, over the last, let me think, let me think. I'm not very good with time, but let's just say the last year um, in being part of uh, conversations both on Clubhouse. Um, well, actually on Clubhouse, that's where we met and that's where we've been talking. As a matter of fact, when I think about it, Clubhouse, you guys know I love it. Uh, amazing conversations, amazing people. And the gentleman that I've had the opportunity to get to know uh, most recently, you guys know I do the men's group on Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time plus Plug, go to Clubhouse and check us out. Uh, Heath Cummings has been just a tremendous individual who I have come to respect, appreciate, call him a brother from another mother. He's he's honest, he's transparent, he's real world. Um, he's an amazing dude. He takes on a lot of challenges. And most importantly, as he looks for the opportunities to find the greatness in the challenge, to find the ways to overcome and to become greater, to constantly evolve his mindset, to constantly push and fight for the greater good of both himself and the world. So uh, I'm just uh, I'm just going to be excited here to have him on. So without any further ado, welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, Mr. Heath Cummings. What's up, brother Heath? How you doing? What's going on, brother? What's this? What's this? You were a rock star thing. I mean, you're still a rock star. Look at that background and everything you got going on. <laughs> Hell yeah. You want me to play you a song? I'll play you a song. At some point, yeah. Rose <laughs> has a thorn. <laughs> nah, I am a rock star. We're all rock stars. We're all rock stars in our own right. Um, but absolutely, man. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I know you're on the East Coast and you're you're sipping some coffee right now. So thank you for being here past your bedtime. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is a late night for me. That's for sure. My effectiveness is usually kind of burned out by like, like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. You know, our men's group stuff usually starts about eight o'clock my time. So this is uh this is definitely a stretch, but I'm ready for it. I'm on vacation this week. So let's get it going. I am ready for you. I'm ready for it too. Um, man, you've just got, you've got a list of credentials and a list of accomplishments that I'm really just really proud of and having you on the show. 
I want to dive into a couple of those things. And uh, although we've been talking about men's group stuff over the last couple of weeks, at least, um, there's some other areas of life that I want to jump into with you because I know you have a massive respect for life and adversity and challenges and opportunities for us to grow uh, and go towards those challenges. So when thinking about the conversation we have tonight, and and just kind of like just going from a from a broad spectrum to more of a of a of a of a, of a more focused section, I really want to jump into the collective consciousness of humanity right now. Um, I know that you're involved in a lot of public service. Thank you very much. And I know that you've got um, the front end on a lot of news and a lot of things that are going on in the world around us. And for the sake of people watching or listening to this at a later date, right now it's November 23rd, 2021. Uh, for the last 18 months to a year, we've been going through what they call uh, COVID. We've been going through a, a worldwide pandemic which has challenged a lot of us to either um, retreat into victimhood or to advance into uh, kick-ass unstoppablehood, as I like to call it. Um, what are your thoughts on the things that are going on in the world today uh, and what we can do to potentially learn from what's going on right now to raise the collective conscious of humanity and realize that we're a lot more of the same than we are different? Yeah, we're diving right in deep, right in the deep end, aren't we, huh? <laughs> Let's go. I know I could yeah. do that with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the the way that the world is working out right now, and I mean, I have some very, it's a middle of the road political perspectives, and I take a lot of different pieces of information to paint the most clear picture. I don't stand on anything at all that I'm not 100% convinced on. So a lot of what's going on in the world, there's just so much polarization that's gone on for all different information and resources that you get that I can't stand strong on any one particular thing. So everything that I'm saying, take with a grain of salt for sure. But I really feel like what is happening in the world, and I know this is probably going to be a bit of a, a profound statement for some people, but I think we are literally looking at a world war. And I think that world war is on our consciousness. I think a lot of the stuff that's gone on with COVID and a lot of the ways that some of the powers that be have executed the things that they've been doing, I feel like a lot of people have either risen to the surface or sunk to the bottom. A lot of people are living in fear. They are just living day to day, glued to their TVs, trusting the words of people that have demonstrated that they cannot be trusted with information. Every time they're caught lying, they just glaze on to the next big story. Uh, a lot of the politicians, I'm a politician. I'm an aspiring one. I'm, I'm the top of a mayoral board of the small town that I live in, but I eventually plan to move up into a state Senate and who else knows where that's going to go. But Damn. yeah, I mean, the world needs it. Not that I want to do it. I didn't want to take the position that I'm in right now, but I mean, that's a whole other long story. I don't know if we'll dive into that tonight, but um, I really feel like I was needed there. I felt like there was a void in what needed to be filled and nobody else was stepping up to the plate. And I feel like that is a microcosm of what's going on everywhere in the world. I feel like a lot of the people who are in these political positions are there for their own self-interest. And no. I'm somebody who has, <laughs> I mean, that's an Come understatement, on. right? You serious? A lot of people who get into these political positions, though, they do it with the expectation of they're waiting for the handout under the table. When people like me, I've made self-sacrifice to take 
uh, or pass on positions that would have been much higher paying for the sake of doing what was best for me, my family. And I'm not doing what I'm doing right now for any sort of monetary gain. I mean, I price myself out at what I've made per hour and what my potential is to make per hour. And when I balance out how much time I spend on my political stuff and how much I get for a stipend every quarter or whatever I get paid out, it's like, I almost feel like it's just don't even look at it because <laughs> it's not worth the amount that they actually give you. I'm there to make an impact in the world and make a difference. And I feel like the world needs those kind of people to step up. A lot of these people who are very vocal about what they don't like and what they're not seeing in the world, uh, what they don't like about what they are seeing in the world need to step up into these roles. And it's a painful process. It's not glorious, but for this world to succeed, from what everybody's already seen, we are not succeeding right now. For the world to succeed, a lot of those people who are motivated to potentially step up into one of those leadership roles, now's the time um, before we go further down a slippery slope that we've been on now for the year and a half is like the pinnacle of it. We've been on this slippery slope 40, 50 years now. Mm -hmm. Actually, Joe's, Joe's right here. He says he agrees. Absolutely. And thinking about that, and thank you for that, because actually, you know, when I was younger, I actually thought about entering into politics and saying, you know, cause I always, once I got out of being homeless and, and being out of my victimhood, I thought, you know, I'm going to take all of this and I'm going to run for office and I'm going to change the world. And I even thought one day I'm going to run for president and I'm going to go do all this. But through my, through my affection for politics, as it was way back in the day, I don't watch news or follow politics anymore um, because I just got so disgusted with all the lying, all the betrayal, all the, all the insidious bullshit that goes on that I was like, I don't want to be any part of that. Um, and I can, I can, and I, knowing you, um, how can, how can we, those of us who are not part of that, that bullshit, how can we, um, get through the aspect of, of standing up to, um, all of that stuff and, and being able to make a change for the better, because it seems like now that everything is just so political and everything's so corrupt and everything's so financially oriented. How does somebody like you or I get in and get a spot to be able to make effective changes and actually turn this shit around? The very first biggest, most important step is to rise above the division. Politics has been created. The two wings of that bird were made to polarize everybody, and the media glorifies that stuff. Every time there's an election cycle, this is the worst one. Look at what we saw this election cycle. People were so polarized against each other. Families ended up divided over this, you know, and I feel like that's jumping right into all the stuff with the virus as well. Like people are becoming extremely polarized because of the virus, which is sort of an offshoot of the political division that's going on. So all of the division that happens usually when you enter politics, that's the first thing you need to step out of any party line, which almost guarantees you're going to piss off everybody because <laughs> if you if you offend the left they're going to get upset with you and if you offend the right they're going to get upset with you people don't tend to realize when you're in a position like me i'm very independent middle of the road i lean a little bit to the right but very very little they don't remember the things that you did agree with them on they just remember the stuff that you went opposed to their views but that right there as long as you're doing things for the moral general comp the, the general moral compass that you should have what is the greatest good what do you feel deep down inside of you is the best possible outcome for the situation that you're dealing with whether it's gun control or abortion or immigration whatever it is what is the common sense solution and don't go with a party line because that is the that is the biggest flaw in the system that we have right now people if they lean right 
automatically they're for guns they're against abortion like that's mm -hmm. the stereotype as long as you rise above those stereotypes and just do what you feel is best in your heart and maybe don't even align with a party um which can kind of spell your political suicide i guess <laughs> like you're almost yeah. guaranteed you're not going to get elected because no one's going to vote for you but um that's probably one of the biggest things is to just rise above that division and that also stems for so much other stuff in this world just that live and let live let people be what they are without the judgment and i feel like that's something that we really need to kick out of today's world is the judgment of how other people are living their lives um you know your opinion of how they're doing things and it's hard it's really hard especially when you're very passionate about something like politics or whatever else is going on in the world but um, I think for us to rise above all the challenges that's going on, it really all stems from that division. And once we can start working together on a lot of the things, or at least try to come to middle ground, that's when mm -hmm. we're going to start seeing some major strides in accomplishing some of the, uh, the goals and the, the things that we need to do to overcome the problems of the world. I love it. I love it. And thank you for sharing that, man. Um, it's something I'm very, very passionate about when I, when I look and I see the divisiveness that's going on in the world today, especially here in the United States. I get so frustrated and I get so, I, I, I sit there and I think like, what can we do is, you know, when I think about the greater good, and I was just talking about this on the other show, you know, sometimes we have to hit bottom. Sometimes we have to, sometimes we have to rip everything apart, build it back up and start over again. And you said at the top, you know, you know, a world war, which I don't know if you were meaning figuratively or literally, um, which I think could go both ways when you, when you, if you do look at the news and you start seeing, you know, okay, China's doing this and North Korea is doing this and, and, you know, all this different stuff that's going on. And, for me, it scares the living shit out of me because I do see all people as the same. I see us all really, no matter if we have a difference of opinion on what the issue is at, 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 at the heart, ultimately, I believe the goal at the end result is a lot of the same stuff. But that divisiveness really, for me, I think, and I want to get your thoughts on this, this is the greater part of my question that I wanted to ask you overall is, is it really about politics? Is it really about all this other stuff? Or is this divisiveness? Is this us versus them? It's your fault. It's your, I'm going to blame you. Is that part of something that's that's going on internally, intrinsically with us that's being a manifestation that we're projecting out and we're looking for that? Oh, hey, hey, you agree with me? We're doing this group thing. Oh, all these people agree with me. I, I better get on a side. I better pick a side or I'm going to be left out. Is this part of a, a more uh, pervasive problem that's just going within us that we're not addressing? I'll be brutally honest on this answer as well, that I think a lot of what we're seeing is an unbelievable, successful effort from the puppeteers at the very top, because if they create these issues, which I'm not saying that racism isn't an issue. I was a, I'm a former police officer for 18 years. I saw a lot of this stuff and I live in the north and in a, a very liberal state, you know, live in Massachusetts. Didn't see the pinnacle of where it is, but I think it exists everywhere. When these issues get made bigger than they are and people are sort of left fighting each other over whatever the latest division is, they don't actually see who's manufacturing it at the top. But just a second ago, you said, you know, you're fearful about like what you're seeing through China and everything else. If they keep us living in a constant state of fear, that is the opposite of what that creative force in the universe is there trying to get us to to go back to. You know, I have very deep spiritual beliefs. I'm not a very religious person. I've, I've become a bit more religious over the last few years, um, but I'd say more spiritual than religious. But 
I believe that we came from a, I'm diving deep, I'm way off tangent here, but yeah, um, go. I believe we have divided from a creator, whatever that oneness is, we've come here. And I think we spend our entire lives trying to get back to as close of that reconnection as we can, that fear, that division, all of that is keeping us far away from that purpose as far as possible. So if you see the people that you know are doing no good, who have never had your health in mind, they've never had your best interest in mind, and they've always kept you in a state of fear. They never encouraged you to, to do high vibe things, you know, eat really good exercise. And now they're pumping all sorts of different medications at people and whatever else. Like they're, they're doing all the things you know are purposely no good for you. You have to wonder what's the purpose. They're keeping you purposely in fear. They're keeping you purposely divided. And what purpose is that? Because the unification is the opposite route. And they know that us unified as an entire world is going to basically nullify any power that they would have had. So I think that's what we're seeing. When I speak of a world war, I feel like that war in our consciousness is that of fear, division, and everything else because they know if we go in the opposite route, game over. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I love that. We got uh, we got some more people in the house. We got Princeton Clark we in got the house. Princeton Clark, Please, what's up? He goes two of my favorite people. Let's go. We're gonna go, Princeton. We've been going. We've been going. Good to see you, brother. And we got Serena, my dear friend, Serena Buffalino, HelpHealHumanity.org, ladies and gentlemen. We are a part of the the opportunity here, the conversation to make the world a better place. So HelpHealHumanity.org, of course. You know, I love what you're saying, man, because. I think I look at life this way. And again, I used to be a news junkie, a political junkie back in the day. And I just started finding myself like yelling at the television set and starting to believe some of the crap that was going on. I'm like, is this really the truth and the reality? And then I would go out in the world and I'm a social guy and I'm a networking guy, you know, speaking and, and traveling all over the place. Everywhere I went, I never saw any of that stuff going on. I would see beautiful people all over the place, you know, having conversations and everything else. And I, and I, and I sat back and I said, you know, I thought about the Pareto principle. I thought, I believe truly, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I believe that 80% of the world's population are good people. They, they have, they have, they have positive, uh, positive outlooks. They they're collaborative. You know, you do you, you be you, I'm going to do me. I'm going to be me, but we can all coexist. And, you know, we can all have a part of the pie. There's enough for everybody. And then there's that 20% that's out there, you know, the mega and the egotistical guys and and how much more money can you have? I think that's the part that we need to fight against because everywhere I go, Keith, as I find beautiful people out there and I'll have conversations with them and you know why we will disagree on, okay, whether vaccine should be mandated or anything like that. You know, at the end of the day, the ultimate conversation is what's the greater good for humanity? What's the greater good for our kids? What's the greater good for us to, to set the positive example? And, you know, I think it's so important that we should do less of, of, of watching television and subscribing to that stuff. But I think to your point, the fear, the insecurity, um, you know, I got to pick a side. That's the problem that we're having. How can we, you know, and you mentioned it before, you know, families have been broken up from this stuff. What can we do individually within ourselves to reset our foundation and, and go through the lens of love versus the lens of fear and be able to start um, rehabilitating ourselves and our love for ourselves and also our love for humanity and the collective consciousness that we're all here for the greater good of what's going on and the lessons that we need to learn and the abundance that we need to attract. What can we do to start healing some of that stuff and being able to have those conversations so that there's not that divisiveness and there's not that us versus them kind of thing going on? I'd say the answer to that one is we need to eliminate that me first mentality and make it be more of a we first because we 
we'll have such a different world if we are all out there trying to make each other succeed while we're also succeeding. You know, you want to get to that pinnacle. You want to get to the top of that mountain. You want to see the highest view. You know, you want to be the king of the mountain. But, you know, once you get up there, turn around, stick your hand out and help other people get up there to see the view. If we adopt that mindset, can you imagine what kind of world it would be in? You know, yeah, you went and bought your first 10 Ferraris, but now go and help someone else do it, you know? Um, you know, I've come from, I'm not anywhere near what I would consider a mega success. You know, I'm still climbing that mountain myself, but along the way, if I can give anybody the boost and they end up to the top of the mountain before me, be like, Hey, when you get up there, throw your hand backwards and help me get up. If we're doing those things to help each other. And it's just a common theme that we're all just sort of expecting that from each other that eliminates all of that 20% that you're talking about, the people who just want to get to the top of that mountain, play king of the mountain, and anybody who gets close, they get shoved off. You know, we need to eliminate that mindset. And I do feel there's a lot of studies out there as far as the human organism, you know, the collective consciousness. There's been uh, studies like the 100th monkey in, um, experiment where they, have you ever heard about that one, Christopher? No, no, no. Tell no. About okay. It. So there's this study um, where they do this. I think in Japan, there were some islands off the coast of Japan and there were these monkeys that the scientists were watching and basically they, they dumped a bunch of sweet potatoes in front of them and it, it got in the sand. And this was an isolated group. They couldn't go from the island to other islands or to the mainland. And they watched them for a while. And basically, they showed these monkeys how to wash off the sweet potatoes because they loved them, but they hated the sand on them. So they showed them how to wash the sweet potatoes. As soon as it sort of spread throughout that population, immediately in other populations nearby that were completely isolated, the organism of that species started to do the same thing inexplicably. So it's like Whoa. they hit a critical mass that a certain amount of these organisms did one thing and then it spread inexplicably to the other and the human species is no different you know everything in this physical universe is vibration and frequency your brain waves are the table that you're sitting at is is down at its smallest scales that vibration and there's how many billion of us seven eight billion of us now just think about what we put out there as the collective you know if there's 80 percent of us who are out there trying to help the other people up that mountain and that 20% is shrinking every day because they realize that they're the endangered species, then that's what's going to eventually spread. So that is, mm. that is sort of the way we just need to focus on how we're doing that, setting the example, all these generations coming up are realizing like, yeah, maybe gaining this monetary success, you know, the house, the car, all that stuff is great, but bring people with you along the way. Ooh. My brother, my brother. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm all about. And you just mentioned something I want to key in on. Um, thinking about the generational differences, you know, recently I, I came to the conclusion, I'm like, are adults really worth fighting for? Is it really worth me to try to change the perspective about adults who are so set in their ways that are like, no, if you don't agree with me, you're, 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 you're against me and all this other bullshit. But I think about the young kids. I think about the, the millennials. I think about the Gen Z. I think about the great resignation that's going on around the country and around the world where people are just saying, I'm fed up. I'm, I'm done with this stuff. And they're realizing that all the, the monetary accolades and the egotistical accolades, they just want to go live in a van and just do what they love to do. Do you 
you feel that the younger generation is going to be the generation that replaces some of these old fuckers in Congress and, and change some of the trajectory of what's going on in this world? And, and what can we do to help uh, boost those individuals? Because I'm starting to think like we should be focusing on our youth and getting them prepared to overtake and, and, and change the trajectory of the human consciousness as, as it is right now. What are your thoughts on that? I'm already seeing it. You know, I've, I've worked in school systems. I was, you know, at the tail end of my law enforcement career, I was a law, I was a school resource officer. So I was able to sort of see these kids, you know, I have my own kid, he's 14 years old, but I was able to see these kids of a completely different generation and watching the compassion that they actually have for people. Um, I obviously several generations removed from kids in high school. I didn't see that kind of thing, you know, and in, being around them all of a sudden, having, uh, you know, an inner view of the world that they're growing up in and, the, and sort of their inner circles, I'm already seeing sort of the shifts from my perspective. And I think that the kids who are coming up, I'm seeing a lot of the like TikTok and stuff like that, the content that some of these kids are putting out, they're putting out stuff that I'm just learning about now at age 41. And these kids got to be in their late teens, early 20s, and they're putting out some really profound stuff. So if they're starting to understand some of the really complicated stuff about the way the universe works and you know how important your consciousness is and everything that we're talking about then just think about that how farther ahead they are and if that just keeps on spreading down to their kids at younger ages and they're getting that right out of the gate then just imagine what that's going to lead to but also mm -hmm. on the flip side you know you talk about these older generations I, at a certain point with some key people in my life, like once I start, I'm really only on this journey from the last like five years, six years or so. So I consider myself kind of a newbie in all this too. Um, some of the older people that I have in my life, I've tried to explain some of these things to them and I've just seen that look like, like there's, it's, it's going <laughs> way over their head. Right. But then I think they've also picked up on listening to my podcast. Some people that were in my previous career, cops of all people, very close minded. I can speak from that, you know, not afraid to admit it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm actually following along with a lot of those people who I thought would snicker at me for what I'm doing. You know, uh, he's gone off the deep end. He's talking about this woo-woo stuff. He's, you know, <laughs> doing completely different from where I was. I mean, I was very square, jarhead, straight edge. Like I was like the egotistical guy and have shifted away from that. And you'd never expect those kinds of people to pick up some of these concepts. But if I can do it, really, honestly, if I can do it, so many other people can, and I'm starting to see that as well. So it's surprising me on both ends of the spectrum from the younger generations, and even the old dogs that you can't teach new tricks to, they're picking this stuff up too. So it's literally spreading through the collective like we just talked about. Mm, so there must be a desire on on the part of those individuals to to come seek you out and to say, okay, listen, I've always had this perspective, you know, law enforcement, you know, this is right, that's wrong, you know, it's black and white. Um, how are they having that shift in perspective? Are they seeing you and and they're and you're inspiring them to go, wait, Heath looks like he's happy. Heath is changing and he's transforming. He's opening his his perspective. What do you think is causing some of that? Is it just the fact that they're so sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over again, getting the same results, or are they seeing as they get older that perhaps we need to we need to not monkey fuck the universe into oblivion yeah i mean i think a lot of people so i i don't know i guess i'm still learning that i'm in this leadership role i really have been for so many years i was a cop at 19 years old i became a public safety director at 25 um you know i'm now the chairman of a mayoral board at 41 years old and you know i've always sort of been in a leadership role but i guess 
only recently I'm kind of discovering about how much people actually do perceive some of the things that I do is sort of an example. Obviously, that's a huge responsibility to bear. But on the same token, that's a privilege. Like if people can see me and how I used to be, you know, boxer, Mr. SWAT weapons guy, like all that kind of stuff. Dude, you're a man's man. Like, yeah. And if I can do what I'm doing now, it doesn't make me any less tough. I mean, I think if anything, I'm in the best shape of my life. I could probably thump anybody in the ring better than I could have back in the day. Yeah. It doesn't make you soft to be spiritual. It doesn't make you any less of a man to have compassion for other people, to want to see other people succeed. It doesn't make you any less of a person to show the scars that you've had through life and say, look at what made me, you know, look at the, look at the scar that I've got that made me be who I am. I'm proud of this because I wouldn't be the person I am if it weren't for those scars. And I think when someone that people look up to does those things they realize okay well if he can do that i can do those things too you know i think it just takes more of those people to unzip from that unbreakable type of person that you have to portray when you're out there in the world um and show Very that nice. it doesn't matter how you know tough you can perceive yourself to be you know how much you can stick walk around sticking your chest out it, that doesn't make you tough i think it makes you more it, the more vulnerable you are that's how true strength shows in people, you know, being true to yourself and being true to the person that you are. I look happier and healthier than I ever have because I'm truer to the person that I was probably when I was like 18 years old, when I decided I was going to put a uniform on and I'm finding that kid again after 18 years. And to do that, you just have to be vulnerable and happy with the person that you are. And I think that just spreads to other people. And if more people become that example for the others that look up to them, then again, we spread that through the collective. We do. And to your point, here's something, here's something I'll share with everybody. I think I've shared it on the show before. I'm not sure, but I had somebody, um, probably about a month ago, they called me out and they said, you know, Chris, I know I went through your social media and I see that you're very outspoken. You're very raw and unscripted. You're very, this, you're very, that you're the no excuses coach. But I went through your social media, I went through your Facebook posts and I didn't see anywhere where you pick a side or you make you make a claim of who it is you're supporting, whether it's a presidential election, whether it's vaccine, whatever it might be. I haven't seen you do that. So I wonder, and I swear to God, I wonder what you're teaching your son because you talk about fighting for what's right and what's fair. You talk about it all the time, your eulogy, but yet you're not picking a side. And what is it that you're teaching your son? And the God's honest truth, the God's honest truth, I had to sit back and went, fuck. Because I've, I've had that conflicting thing, to be honest with everybody. I've had that conflicting thing. Like, you know, I have an opinion and I have a, a side that I vote for. And I thought, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to come out there and say, fuck you. If you don't agree with me, fuck off and die. And there's been a few times where I'm like, if you spread hate and divisiveness, fuck off, fuck off, which is true. But I sat back and I thought about this and I'm like, wow, am I being a hypocrite? I mean, I took a, I took a, I took a beat to sit there and say, do I need to be more vocal? Do I need to kind of step in the ring with this stuff? Do I need to go and challenge some of these people that are saying, if you vote Democrat, you should be dropped. I saw somebody say that uh, all Democrats should be dropped from a helicopter without a parachute. I was like, I will come to your fucking house and, <laughs> you know, um, but I sat there, but I sat there and I thought about it. That's old street, Chris, street, Chris, you know, snap a neck. Boom. Don't leave any clues. Um, but I thought about it and I'm like, what am I teaching my son? 
And I thought about it very carefully. And what I said to this individual and what I've said to other people as a result of this, to your point, has shifted their perspective as well. Because I sit there and say, you know what I'm teaching my son? I'm teaching my son that everybody can have a difference of opinion, that people can be passionate about those opinions, and that we have a responsibility to say, hey, if I went through the shoes and the steps that X person went through, might I have that same perspective? Might I have that same belief? Might I have that same conviction? To my point, I have friends up in Dearborn, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. They've grown up hunting and da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. That's all they've been around. That's all they know is guns and da, 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 da. And when I sat there and I said, you know what? My intention, what I'm teaching my son is that no matter what perspective you have, no matter what judgment you have, I'm going to be there because if there is, if there are two sides, then obviously one side is quote unquote wrong. And whatever happens, that side is going to need somebody to say, Hey, to your point again, let me lift you up. Hey, I know you didn't, I know you said stuff and, and, but I'm going to lift you up right now because I don't believe you deserve to be punished based on the fact that you went those experiences and you thought that's what was right for you. So I said, I'm teaching my son how to have love and forgiveness and empathy and, and to seek first to understand and not necessarily, you know, cast upon that judgment that you were talking about. Hey, it is what it is, but here I have an opportunity for you to, to, to shift your perspective and actually have a different viewpoint. Are you interested in expanding your mind? And a bunch of people said, you know what? I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that because originally I was like, and I've had people tell me, oh, I don't you know, screw those people. You know, they're wrong and they're going to suffer. They're going to have to pay for their consequences and all this other stuff. And I'm like, no, no, I think that there's actually an opportunity. And this is the thing I challenged people with. And actually something that I'm going on in my own brain is like, we got to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And when I talk to people about some of their positions about these things, I realized it's not exactly about the, the, the topics and everything else. Again, going back to what I said before, it's something deep seated within themselves. And what I found over the course of the last 18 months is that a lot of people out there don't love themselves. So if they don't love themselves, if they don't like and, and respect and, and actually truly invest in themselves, then what are they coming from? They're coming from that lens of anger and fear. And of course, that's what they're going to project out because they're trying to compensate for something. So um, to my, to your point, I believe we can, we can change that. And we can, um, as Mary Kay says here, teach old dogs, new tricks. Um, we have to try. Absolutely. Um, Princeton says here, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and Joe says comment here. He goes, we don't need to change minds. We need to, oh, we need to organize the 80% Heath is talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So given the fact that you're, you're, and I didn't even actually really consider this conversation is going to be this political and stuff like that, but I love it because, you know, you and I are smart enough and intelligent enough to have this conversation and be able to hopefully eliminate some minds to be able to say, okay, stop with the pointing and start with the listening. But what can we do? What can, what can we do and expect from maybe our local politicians and the things that we actually have, you know, influence on what can we do at our local level to start changing some of these conversations as well? We get involved. That's the biggest thing. You know, it's so easy for people to sit there and be keyboard warriors on a Facebook comment or any other political forums. You know, we have this uh, thing called next door near us where there's different yep. villages and, you know, people can comment on different towns happenings and stuff. And, uh, you know, being the person that the police department now has to report to, I see something that happens where a bunch of people were leaving like a hundred and something comments on this next door and nobody came in front of the select board or approached me when everybody in town knows how to find me to actually address whatever issue it was that brought up 120 comments on this page. Like if you really want to affect that thing that you're, you're so passionate about, then bring it to the people that can make the decisions or become one of those people yourself. But to sit there and spend all of that energy just getting fired up, waiting for the comment to come back so you can fire your own piece onto it, what actual change are you making? 
really all it's doing is dividing even further. So to make that change, whether you run for elected office, you know, you volunteer for something at your local level, everything that you can do, whether it's even a, a one weekend day a month that you could do, uh, donate to a food bank, those little pieces affect someone's life somewhere. And you don't have to devote yourself to something like I have. I put in a lot of time with what I do. I have some missions that I want to accomplish that I saw that were horrible in this town when I worked here. My last year of my career was spent working here. And when I said I was going to make change here, the person who fired me up the most said, I'd like to see you try. Well, here I am. You know, <laughs> those people, though, people who want to see something happen, they get in there and they try and at least do something. And then you can even just get a taste for it that way. If you get in there and you see that you're good at what you're doing, maybe then you want to step out on a bigger stage, make even bigger changes in the world by stepping up to something grander. That may be what I do in the future. I have no idea. I couldn't have told you five years ago that I was going to be doing what I'm doing. I never thought I was going to do a podcast, be in politics. Both of those things either scared or disgusted me. And here I am, you know, doing what I'm doing. But I think that's one of the biggest things people can do is just get involved at the local level. Um, but, you know, when you talk about the opposing views, one of the things we need to also realize is those opposing views are always going to exist. They have to. It's part of universal law. It's like a law of gravity. You have to have polarity in this reality that we live in, the physical universe. One of the rules, one of the hermetic principles that's all the way back from Hermes Trismegistus back thousands of years ago was established that the laws of polarity is one of them. We always have to have an opposite. You wouldn't know what cold is if hot didn't exist. True. And you wouldn't know what light is without dark. Well, we wouldn't know what these other things are without its polar opposite. Those need to be there. So the, the polarities will always exist. When we can step back and look at the polarities, the two halves, the yin and the yang, when we can look back at the, step back and look at the whole picture, we can actually see what it is that we're trying to look at. And when we can transcend that duality, that division, that is usually when the aha moment happens. So I think that's where we need to focus. We see these highly divisive things. If people can come to the table and try to hear each other, that is where that transcendence of the division ends up taking place. And I see that being one of the biggest catalysts that's going to affect the change that we need to see in the world because it nullifies that battle. You stop going so far of those poles uh, away from each other and you to kind of take a greater view outward and you see what the whole problem is for what it's worth and you try and solve it together like that's in the two and a half years that i've been in this position that's the approach i've taken and not once have i had to smash my hand on a table or kick someone out of these political meetings like i had seen video of in the past in this town so it can be done you just have to have that approach that you're there for problem solving and you're not there to further whatever side of the pole that you happen to be on. Mm, dude, dude, I love this. I love this. I want to, I want to change direction, but you keep saying shit that causes me to think. Um, <laughs> so here's my dilemma. Here's my dilemma. And, and thinking about what that person said to me and said, you know, you have two shows and you, you're a public figure and you know, people watch you and follow you. One of the things, cause I, I've, I've been debating, like there's a few individuals out there who I'm friends with on Facebook. And I know that they are, they're, they're very polarizing. They're very, you know, we all have to do, I mean, just stuff that I don't necessarily agree with. And I've just been like, okay. And I've got friends of mine that have defriended people and unfollow people. And I'm like, okay, you're just going in a group thing. You're just going in a group thing. You just want to be with people like, oh yeah, we all agree. Aren't we great? Kumbaya. 
but I've actually been considering like inviting some of these individuals on my show to sit there and, and demonstrate, okay, listen, at heart, I can't stand what you're doing because you're, you're, you're doing this, but to illustrate and to demonstrate, help me understand where it is that you're really coming from. Where is it that you're really coming from? Not the, not the, all the conspiracy and all that stuff, because I've had friends on the right and the left send me stuff. Mm -hmm. And I used to watch it all. And the God's honest truth heat, I watched it all. And I'm like, and I'm, I swear to God on a Bible, I'm like, I don't know what to believe. Mm -hmm. It all seems true. If I sat there and I put myself and I listened to all that, and if I, that's all I listened to, oh my God, what's the world coming to? And if I watched all that and da, 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 I'm like, oh, oh my God. So I've actually been thinking about, okay, let's extend myself and let's have some of these conversations with some people and illustrate the fact that for me, digging to the deeper meaning is what is it that we're trying to do? We're trying to provide a place that's safe for our children, that we have opportunity, that there's equality and everything else. It's just the matter of fact of what, how we're going at it. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I want to, I want to dove, dovetail into your podcast. So I want to talk about your podcast. Have you considered having some of those conversations on your podcast, which is uh, called live this life? It's an amazing podcast. Um, what are your thoughts on all of that? I've, I've steered away from those a little bit. And I think it's just because I have so much other content that I've been trying to really like get out there. You know, unfortunately the podcast has been the last of the major three occupational obligations that I have on top of, you know, families first. And then I have these other things. Um, but I'm slowly getting into these other conversations and a lot of people approach me, you know, I've had the privilege of making so many connections through like clubhouse and everything else that I get these opinions of people who are brilliant. You know, they have qualifications that you can't even dream of and they want to come on and talk about stuff. But a lot of people very passionate about things like the vaccine, you know, that's a huge thing that's going on. And yeah. I really don't want to go there because people are so polarized on it. So I know if I can do it in the right context, then I will. But as soon as you present something that is heavy on one side of the pole, you're going to immediately alienate those other people. So I have to find the right way to do it and have it so it doesn't turn into one of those clubhouse bitch sessions where like everybody, right. everybody mute, mute everybody. You know, they're, they're yelling at each other to mute their mics because they're screaming at each other. I've heard so many of those and had to get off clubhouse for a while when it comes to these conversations. I would love to hear good facilitated conversations with people who are in the know, not just conspiracy theorists and not just people who sit there and stare at CNN all day and listen to doom and gloom. Neither one of those, those are the two far opposite sides of the, the, the spectrum. So um, I haven't found a way to do it. I mean, really live this life is all about trying to uncover all of the amazing ways that life is worth living, that life is amazing. We hardly know anything about this world, this reality around us. And the deeper you dig into the potentials and the possibilities and all these things with philosophy and everything else, life just starts to get so much more wondrous. So like no matter how much in the dumps you think your life is, the things that we discuss on the podcast is like, well, there is this, this direction that I can go in or this thing that I can look into that makes life so much more interesting than it was two minutes ago before you even pondered the concept. So that's what a lot of live this life is about. You know, and of course it's about um, amazing stories where people come back from the brink of really nasty places like I sort of did. I mean, when I was in police work, I, I came back from a very heavy bout of PTSD. And of course you have to do that in silence when you're in, or at least you used to have to. I did that as about a decade ago. 2011 was when I had my rock bottom with PTSD. And back then I had to fight it on my own. And 
to tell people you're not alone, you know, and here's how I had to do it, but this is not how you have to do it. Um, I also came back from two fights with cancer before I was 30 years old in my twenties. I had cancer twice. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Holy cancer shit, dude. 26 and 29. So, um, and I did wow. a lot of things to completely recreate my life after that illness, you know, life all of a sudden changed, you know, I was no longer immortal. I was Mr. Tough guy, boxer, all that stuff. I couldn't be beat. I couldn't be hurt. And now here I am facing down the barrel of a deadly disease, not once, but twice. And that's what really put me on the path of where I am. That changed absolutely everything. So, you know, that is where the podcast focused a lot on. And I'm super passionate about all this other stuff. I am huge on conspiracy theories and all that because this world is heavily manipulated. But I also have the balance of when I recognize a conspiracy theory and I'm like, ah, smells like bullshit, looks like bullshit. Like it, it I like to discuss those things and flush out all possible avenues, but I've also been somebody, the reason why I got cancer the second time was because the medical field, um, I was completely taken advantage of. The first cancer I had, the doctor told me I did not have cancer. The second one that I had, I got cancer because the doctor was running me through so many preventative CAT scans that it gave me a second case of very serious cancer. And we oh, found sure. out that the guy was getting kickbacks from the CAT scan uh, leasing company, no longer no a doctor way. anymore. So yeah, like I'm very distrusting about the medical field, but um, that aside, like I'm, I explore all options because I have seen all, uh, not all things, but I've seen so many different potentials and different circumstances of life that I thought things were one way. And then as time played out, it went in a completely different path. So that's what has me fascinated to listen to everybody's point of view on the what ifs of life. And that's what motivated me to want to do this podcast. So speaking about that, thinking about all the different people you've talked to about on the podcast, what are some of the commonalities that you find with the people who have gone from victimhood to victorhood, who have changed and, and, and changed the trajectory of their life? What are some of the key facets of how they shifted their perspectives and perhaps their expectations to, to create the life that they now have that they're on the show to, to, to share about? I'd say the, the one of the bigger common denominators is that a lot of the people hit rock bottom, you know, and that's not always the way that it has to happen. You know, there's people that are out there, mentors like you, Princeton, um, me, people who are out there that they can use our rock bottom as the lesson to learn, you know, but most of the people that I've crossed paths with have hit that rock bottom. There's nowhere else to go. You're literally as low as it gets before you go six feet below that point and you're underground. <laughs> yeah. So if you're still here after that point, you've gone on your way back up. If you make it past that rock bottom, you're on your way back up. And I feel like that often is the turning point for a lot of people. What I've seen in other people though, is that, you know, if they haven't hit the rock bottom, they have found someone that was that soul that turned around and stuck their hand out and said, come to the top of the mountain with me. And th that has been some of the most inspiring stuff that I've, I've seen as well, because they, they have had that done for them. And now they're motivated to do that for the world themselves. You know, it's that spreading of that consciousness thing. So I've just seen that in a lot of people. And usually when they hit that rock bottom, that's when they find, you know, that dark night of the soul drives people through such difficulty that they have found a hugely rewarding version of their life on the other side. Something that, you know, they don't ever want to go through it again. They don't ever want to experience the pain they felt when they hit that bottom, but they wouldn't trade the experience for the world. If someone would have given them a million dollars to go back then and say, 
you know, go back in time and stop that rock bottom from happening. The people like that experience was worth more than a million dollars. That is everything to me. I don't want to do it again, but it was everything to me. And I can, by the way, you're shaking your head. Yeah. I can guarantee you almost every single person who's been in that point can say, I don't want to trade that for the world. Don't want to do it again. But that was the purpose of my life was to hit that point. And now here I am. Yeah, no, what you're saying, dude, I was just telling somebody that the other day when I'm writing my book right now, the story of my mom and myself and, and the being homeless and everything else. And I'm going back and revisiting some of these things in, in absolute detail. And I thought to myself, man, I've been through a lot of stuff, but, and this surprises people when I say it, but I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for all the stuff, all the stuff, because it's maybe the man I am today because I chose to rise above it. And I chose to reposition my perspective that it wasn't happening to me, that it was happening for me. And to be able to like it to your point, you know, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, right? I tell people all the time lately, I watched it twice. Now I go to YouTube, um, type in the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell story. It's an hour and 11 minutes. It's free. Go on there because that's the hero's journey. We, the hero starts off in, in the safe place and they go out into the world. You know, I mean, think about it. even the wizard of Oz, Dorothy starts off, everything's fine. She goes out and goes through all these different situations and she comes back and what does she want to do? She wants to teach everybody. She's glad that she's gone through it because now she has a different perspective. I've had people who've had cancer, heart attacks, all sorts of things. And like, man, I'm so grateful that that happened to me because now I can see the bigger and the deeper meaning in life that it's not all about money. It's not all about ego. It's not all about all that other bullshit. It's really about, you know, being centered with yourself, being congruent with yourself and knowing that you're leaving a legacy that you can be proud of and you can pass on to other people, the greater meaning in the, in the world. And what I talk about is when I teach people that is what is your why? What is your why? So in thinking about the work that you've done and, and doing the podcast, um, the thing that comes up for me a lot is that people are afraid. They're living in a constant state of fear. They're living in fear. What will these people say? What will that person do? I might lose that relationship. I might lose that job if I stand up for myself. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Again, talking about we can either look through life through the lens of love or look through the lens of fear. If somebody's watching this right now and they're afraid of taking a chance, they're, they're afraid of stepping out, they're afraid of what people are going to say, what are some uh, some strategies that they can do to reshape that perspective so that it works for them and kind of gives them a little bit of fuel to get through those tough challenges? Those people that you think are judging you are not your limitation. It's your perception of how they are looking at your situation. It's very rare that a single person is actually standing in the doorway, preventing you from leaving where you are and actually going to the place that you want to go. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's a very small percentage. It's usually your perception of what someone else's judgment of you is going to be. And I'll speak that from absolute experience. This thing with this podcast, this started in uh, what late 2019 for me, I did it on a dare. And the only reason I did it was because it terrified me. I had someone who was a mentor, his name's Brandon Beecham, he runs a positive head podcast. It's massively successful. It's on like the top five of, of spirituality for our iTunes. And um, he just said, your story's amazing. You got the voice for it. Give it a shot. And it literally like broke me into a sweat when he said that. So I'm wow, like, okay, I natural. because Anything that I have that scares me is automatically something I dig into and I say, why is that scaring me? And when I looked into it, I'm like, what was it that scared me? Well, the part number one that scared me was that I'm going to have to be vulnerable. I'm going to have to tell people on this show if I do it because I had a certain idea. If I was going to do one, this is what I was going to do. I was going to tell my story and everything. I had to be vulnerable. And that meant being judged. 
And then I had to basically step out and shed that, uh, you know, that tough guy thing that I had going on for so long. And again, a judgment from other people. So the limitations that people are often setting on themselves, it's the judgments that they think other people are having on them. But I'll tell you what, several of the people that I thought were going to judge me the most, I had three key people. All of them are listeners. All of them talk to me about the show. All of them are patting me on the back. They are so happy with where I'm at. They're stepping into a world doing something similar to what I've done in sort of a similar trajectory since I've done it, whether I'm their inspiration or not, I don't know. But those people who I thought were going to be some of the most judgmental are the ones now who are cheering me on the most and inspiring me in return. So the limitations, that step that you're afraid to take, you'll realize after you've taken that step, that one fearful step you're afraid to take was often the hardest one, but you'll realize it was literally the most insignificant one along the path of everything that you want to do, the place that you want to be. And then you'll look back and say, why didn't I do it sooner? Why did I put so much value in those things that were holding me back? And sometimes it just takes a process. Sometimes you can get help and someone can help you along the way, motivate you. Princeton Clark has lit a fire under my ass. It's a bonfire. Like I met him in 2018. And ever since then, that guy, like literally, like you said, his brother from another mother, but that guy has literally been my major inspiration through so much. And I wouldn't be anywhere. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today if it weren't for him. And if we're all lucky enough to find a, a Princeton Clark in our lives, then, you know, we'll make it someplace, but we can do this stuff on our own as well. And we can do it at a pace that's for us. Like some of us don't just take a rocket ride right away. It takes five years, 10 years, but as long as you're consistent and you believe in yourself and you constantly try to recognize a limitation and leave it behind you, you will absolutely be amazed at the things you're able to accomplish. Truth. Truth, truth, truth. Um, holy shit, dude. We've already been talking for 56 minutes. Can I, I, I promised you I'd get you out of here in an hour. Can I have you for like 10 more minutes? Oh, I'm good, dude. I'm going. Okay. I've already sucked okay, on this whole cup of I, coffee. I, so I, I I'm know, good I know to like midnight here. <laughs> I know it's uh, I know it's late there. Uh, Mary Kay says here, she goes, oh my God, Heath, thank you for sharing your experience with, ca with cancer. I'm losing my voice. I've already been talking so much. Mary Kay says also put the F in your shit and shift. <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. I love it. Mary Kay's been with us in those groups on Wednesdays, Wednesdays too. She's sometimes our lone female perspective, but it's valuable. So it's uh, it's great to see her here too. She is awesome. She is awesome. She's going to be on the Ron and Scripted Show in January. Um, so most definitely. Um, one of the things that I find, I'm always looking for the leverage to be able to shift somebody's perspective. I'm always trying to figure out what's the quickest way without having them have to hit rock bottom. How can I get them to shift their perspective as soon as possible so that they can see, they can see the power in, in being able to change their, their, their actions in that moment, right? We're often looking for the big thing that we can possibly do. So one of the things that I've done over the last year is I've, I've put together a collection of questions, right? Because I know I was telling somebody the other day, or actually on the show, I was just on, they're like, what piece of advice can you give somebody that they can use immediately? And I said, start asking yourself better questions and be honest with your answers. So like for me, you know, I, I ask the question all the time, is what you're doing getting you, getting you closer to or further from your stated goal? 
Yes or no. It's getting you further away from your stated goal. And you stop right now and you change that and you change it, you know, whether it's a small little bitty step or a big step, you're going to change the trajectory and you're going to be responsible and you're going to see that compound interest feed on itself. What are some questions you either ask yourself or you ask your clients or you ask people to get them to, to really dive deep into the things that they're thinking about or the opinions that they might have? I would say that the questions that I do have them ask themselves are, you know, they vary, but I say it's not the most important thing, to be honest. I'd say it's not so much the question. It's getting to a place where you're quiet. You know, you've gotten to a place mm -hmm. where you can push out all of the things in the world that are on top of that voice, that true voice down inside of you that knows what it wants to do, that has a purpose, that's in alignment with the skills that you have. But too often, the stresses of life, the traumas we've been through, every single thing that you're telling that is on top of whatever it is that's going to light that fire for you, we're, we're letting all of those things be the loudest voice in the room when the loudest voice in the room needs to be the one that's inside of you. You know, you need to be able to hear what it is, that fire that's inside of you, whether it's a tiny little, you know, pilot light or you have a raging inferno. But if you have, you know, a blanket of life smothering that down, it's not going to burn. And once you silence things, once you can get to a place and you can kind of give the environment where that fire can start to spark up and, and burn, um, the right questions can can bring them up. So, you know, from that point, the questions that I do ask, the number one question that I've asked that has given the most people, and this is my secret sauce, I, I did not make it up, but if I take on a coaching client, which is some rare, I'd like to dedicate myself completely so I don't take on a lot of coaching clients because I have so much other stuff going on. But the number one question I do ask is, what would you do with your life if money was no object? And I don't mean sitting on like a white sand beach with a Mai Tai zipping around in your jet ski every half an hour, which sounds completely awesome. But what would you do with your life if you just had all the money in the world? What would be the thing that you would do to serve the world? What is your passion? What would you do for a hobby? What if making an income 40 hours a week or more was not something you had to worry about? What would you do? And often when you tease that out of somebody, if it's not an immediate path that they should head on, you can often sort of tease out where they are meant to be through those those conversations. You can ask the right questions from that original question. But I think that's probably the most profound one that will shift most people's lives. And like with me, with this whole podcast, with everything that I'm doing, I love hearing people's success stories. I love watching other people thrive. I love to see people have those aha moments. You know, we start talking about these wacky things with quantum physics and everything. And you start to hear how, you know, people got into, um, you know, meditation and it completely changed their lives. And they all of a sudden started magnetizing these people and opportunities and their life's never been the same since then. It's like you hear that you were the spark in that sort of sense. And that's my passion. It just happens to be the thing that lights other people's fires. My passion is lighting your fire. So teasing that out of me took, you know, how long? 41 years, you know, <laughs> it takes a long time sometimes. But, um, you know, I look back to my character that I had before I got into law enforcement. And that I, I don't want to say ruined me because it made me who I am. But it put me on a completely different project, uh, projection, trajectory, whatever. Uh, from 
what I think my true self was. And back then, I just liked to help people. I was always the one who stood up for the bullied people and took out the bully. And <laughs> I find myself in that role now and kind of doing the same no. thing. So, um, but yeah, I think that's probably the most important question that people can ask themselves or somebody can help uh, help somebody else by asking them that question. I love it. I love it, man. Um, okay. So considering everything that you've been through in your life, talking about cancer, talking about all the different aha moments you personally had in your own career and all the different things you've accomplished. Talk to me about the role that empathy and forgiveness has had in Heath becoming the man that is sitting in front of me today. Empathy and forgiveness has kept a lot of people alive. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a long list. I had a very long list of some people that scorned me over the years. Um, in my earlier career, um, I've always been kind of a big mouth. I've always been somebody who cannot stand corruption. I cannot stand um, when something's not right. And I got myself in the hot water a few times. And fortunately, each one of those times, I ended up on the plus side of those situations. But uh, through the course of that, I made a few significant enemies, people who really tried to bury me and they did everything they could to literally pick up a shovel and try to bury me. And I beat them at their game, but it's hard not to look at those people and not put them on some sort of list. You know, if I right. bump into that guy someday down the road, oh man, am I going to have a piece of my mind? But I've bumped into some of those people since then. And I pictured bumping into them since that point. And I have let go of that judgment that I've had of those low moments they maybe had. They might be the same person or they may have had such a drastic change in the way they live their life the same way I have changed how I live mine. They may not be that person that scorned me anymore and I may get that apology or I may not. That may be the role that they were meant to play when they came into this life to help me evolve into who I am. So I can't have any judgment on that person because what they did was meant to happen in some way, shape or form. That has been the biggest thing that has led to me letting go of that because they, that is a poison that you'll drink. You know, you're drinking that poison of what that person, you know, it's not them that's shoving it down your throat. It's you that's drinking that poison every day that you give that person the room that you give them residence in your mind. So, you know, letting that go and not giving them that residence, that is really the way to shed all of those things and let it just flow downstream. I love it, man. I love it. Same thing for me. Same thing for me. I had a list. I was like, oh, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to, you, 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 you wrong me. You did this. And then I can really honestly attribute a lot of my success and a lot of my inner peace to the fact that, again, like I said before, seeking first to understand, then to be understood, Stephen Covey, you know, the first, I first learned about that with my mom and sitting there wondering, like, you know, I always had resentment towards her. I always had anger towards her. Like, why weren't you a better mom? Why didn't you take care of me? All these different things. And then one day I sat there and I said, okay, again, going back to the other, the, the other thing I said before, what would my, what would, would I be the same person? Had I walked through their, their, their shoes, had I, had I gone through all the different experiences, all the different inputs, all the different conditioning that happened from zero to five. We didn't even talk about that stuff that really kind of ingrains a lot of who we are, who we become from zero. Once I started doing that and I started doing that with other individuals, it's like, might I be like that person who's trying to get me fired because they, they, um, they're jealous of me or whatever it is what can I do? And once I started walking through their shoes, I started realizing they were just hurt, miserable people trying to grasp onto some sort of egotistical mm -hmm. success or something like that. Oh, 
I'll feel better. As long as I feel better, then that's the game. And once I started learning and going, you know what, listen, I disagree with you and I don't particularly care for you, but I understand you and I'm going to offer you forgiveness. And once I started living with the idea of karma in mind and like, you know what, I'm just going to continue to do good for other people. I'm not going to distrust people just because, you know, I've been wrong so many different times. Once I started doing that, I started, we, we talked about it before, living in that higher vibration of love and not fear and not judgment and not scarcity and having empathy and forgiveness for a lot of what I've done is I've sit that and I've seen my success go up and I've seen their success go down, even to the point where they come back to me like, Chris, I don't understand it. And I'm like, well, you're you're living from a place of fear. You're living from a place of of anger and resentment and trying to get back and trying to right some wrongs from your childhood or whatever. You know, for me, it's just being able to to see that and understand, like to your point, all of those people showed up in my life to teach me a lesson, to teach me a lesson thank them for all those different lessons because it has made me the man I am today. And so I, we, both of you and I both encourage all of you guys out there to stop with the divisiveness, stop with the blaming, stop with, you know, not accepting responsibility and just have a little bit of love and empathy and forgiveness for people who are going through some stuff that you may not understand, but maybe sit down with them and talk with them because that's where the healing can be, be can begin. And I think Heath, you and I have done a great job of this, this conversation over tonight is really illustrating to, to everybody that we're two tough guys, but at the same time, we can be vulnerable, that we can, we can be, you know, transparent and say, Hey, listen, I've been in my life and I've been down in the dumps and I've had all this different stuff. It's all happening for me. And there are lessons that I need to learn. And as soon as I learn those lessons, I get to advance to the next stage and the next opportunity to learn more lessons, to meet more people. So man, I just applaud you with that. Um, Give us, I'm, I'm going to give you the microphone to the entire world. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to give you the microphone. A million people on the planet are watching. What do you say based on all of your experience, based on your aspirations and your belief and your, your dreams of the future? What would you say to the world today for us to be able to continue moving on in a collaborative, non-divisive situation for us to be able to heal and leave the world a better place for our kids and their kids? Wow. That's a deep one. I would say we just all need to realize that we're in this together. You know, we can't make something of ourselves on the backs of other people. Um, I have learned when I have someone who is working, quote unquote, for me. Um, I don't say that those people work for me. They work with me. You know, they may be mm -hmm. subordinates. I may be their supervisor, maybe the boss, whatever. I have never once introduced somebody as this person works for me, they work with me. We all yeah. work together for a common goal. I wouldn't be successful in the things that I do if it weren't for the team that rallies behind me in some of the jobs that I that I've done and the one that I currently have right now. I have a team of people who are behind me. And granted, I may be the captain of the ship, but if I didn't have the other people there, um, I would be nothing. And that goes for the micro of the small little life that I live. And it goes for the macro version of what happens in this world. And those people at the very top of the pyramid, we see you, you know, the people who are there who aren't doing good things for humanity that really could be, they use every excuse in the book to divide and control when they could be doing so much more to unite everybody and solve the big problems of the world especially with all the money that some of these people have made off pharmaceutical drugs in the last year and a half alone, they could be making some massive change in this world. And we see them, you know, the 80% of the people in this world, maybe even greater, see them. And eventually the tides will turn. They already have turned and the momentum is shifting 
in our favor, not theirs. And as long as we keep on doing those things that are uniting the rest of us and keeping that momentum going forward, it's a steam train. They can't slow down. I feel like, you know, despite what the world, the picture of the world that gets painted right now, I feel like we are on an amazing path. We really are. You know, most of us are living lives right now that people 500 years ago could only dream of. You know, the poorest of us are richer than the richest people who lived back then. And as long as we can recognize that, you know, you observe what you choose to observe. If you observe the world as a mean, nasty place, that's what it's going to be. And if you observe a world that is going to be unified and great things can happen and you can contribute to that, then that's what's going to show up in all of our reality. So that's what I would share with the entire world. You just did, brother. You just did. We don't have 8 billion people watching, but we have several million maybe. Absolutely. Where can people get a hold of you and uh, find your podcast and continue the conversation with you, Mr. Heath? You can find my podcast pretty much everywhere. Um, it is all over the place. The website for the show is livethislife.org. Um, they can email me at connect at livethislife.org. Um, I welcome conversations of any kind, always looking for amazing people that have awesome stories to share. Um, but across social media, uh, I'm pretty much just on Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, very little. Don't touch Twitter. Um, I'm not the hugest social media fan. I know it's a necessary evil of the stuff that we have to do. But um, yeah, I, I engage in conversations any way I can. You can also find me on Clubhouse. I'm trying to get much more active on there as well. And I'm a huge fan of wisdom. Uh, you know, I've just gotten on the wisdom app. I love I told that you I got on. I'm waiting for you. I, it's hard to find people. That's the hardest thing. It's like you can't actually go on there and search for Christopher Roush. You have to just kind of find you somewhere, or at least I haven't figured it out. I've done everything oh. I could to do a search for people and even like trying to find Princeton. I mean, like he's in, you know, all over the place. I haven't been able, I just happened to find him on a, in a room, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, getting on the wisdom app and, and, uh, yeah, in a room, a conversation room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, uh, it's hard to find people on those apps. So, but yeah, those are all the places you can find me and um, doing everything I can to do the outreach. You know, I'm, I'm doing my political thing as well. And in rural Western Massachusetts, maybe on a bigger stage in the next couple of years, who knows, like I said, wherever the, the universe takes me, I couldn't, I, I couldn't have told you five years ago, I'm doing the stuff that I'm doing now. So um, who knows what stage I'll be on, but for now, this is where you can find me. That is exciting. Isn't that exciting? When I think about the different things that I've done in my life and I didn't expect to do, it's so exciting. And I think that's the that's the beauty of life is for me is, is not trying to control the outcomes necessarily, but go with the flow and understand and trust that it's all for my greater good. And um, that's one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn in the last couple of years is not trying to control the outcomes, just to go with the flow, do what my heart tells me to do and trust that it's all happening for my greater good. So who knows? I may become a politician. Um, I don't know. Let's do but it. At the end, but <laughs> at the end of the day, um, yes, I'm all about making an impact and a change with my voice and everything else. So, um, man, I appreciate you being here. Uh, we got Walter in the house. Walter, I call him Walt. He says, damn, I need to watch this. Let's go, fellas. Love it. Walter's one of our guys. We got Walt. Pamela Aubrey. Pam's in the house. She says, hi, guys. Glad to catch you live. I do a show with Pam every other week called Rainbows in Real Life. Um, Rainbow is and who the real life is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Laura says, hell yes. Uh, Pam says here, great distinction. And uh, Pam says, that's the beauty of the adventure to be sure. Yes, absolutely. 
All right, brother, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to put you backstage here for a second and finish this out. Don't go anywhere because I want to continue the conversation here with a second. But anyways, thank you, brother, for being on the show. I love thank you. you uh, it's been a great conversation. And uh, so don't go anywhere. Boom. There you have it, boys and girls. We went a little longer today. We went an hour and 13 minutes. So I'm not going to apologize because I thought it was a great conversation. And Heath is just a tremendous individual. You could tell he speaks from the heart. You could, you could tell he speaks with compassion and conviction, tenacity, strength, but also tenderness, kindness, and a sincere desire to really see all different aspects of the world that we're going through and the opportunity of what he can do to position himself to make it a better transition for where it is that we're going to. And I just encourage each and every one of us, not just each and every one of us, let's all be the change that we bitch about. Let's all get get from, get out from behind these things and conversations. Let's, let's, you know, if you, if you find somebody on Facebook that you don't necessarily agree with, don't just sit there and delete them. Don't just sit there and go, oh, you know, whatever maybe reach out to him and ask him, Hey, can we have a conversation? Can we jump on a zoom so I can understand where it is that you're coming from? Cause I'm getting the feeling that you're trying to propose this. And I would hate to have a misjudgment or make an assumption on that. So let's have a conversation. Maybe from that point, each of those two individuals can go away and that person can go back and say, Hey, I just had a great conversation. You know, I didn't realize that the whatever left, right, whatever fucking label you want to put on it. I didn't realize that they were actually trying to do this. And maybe through our actions, maybe through our intentions, maybe through the fact that all of us should be trying to make this world a better place for who we are and what we do every single day, because the most important people in this world, kids, my kids, your kids, our kids, kids, come on, let's all, let's all stop the divisiveness. Let's all stop the bullshit. I know the people that watch this show aren't a part of that. So uh, I don't really need to speak to you, but what we can do is if you come across somebody in your, in your daily travel, somebody you work with, you know, your spouse or whatever, and they're like, those people, those people, blah, blah, blah take an opportunity to stand up, take an opportunity to say, Hey, if you had been through all those experiences, that person went through, if you had all the people who are surrounding them right now, filling their head full of this stuff, might you be like them? I just had this conversation with a close friend of mine who's having challenges in this area. And I said, you know, when you think about person X and you have these thoughts and these opinions, can you imagine what that person is being told? What, what, how elevated they're being? and how good that feels and, and to feel like you are fighting the good fight when in reality, the perspective from other people is you're not, you know, we can all have the opportunity to have deeper conversations within ourselves and with the people that we love and trust. And even the people we don't like more importantly, uh, because we have this opportunity to, to continue to evolve and to open our minds. So please stop unfriending people, stop deleting people, following people, stop trying to get with only the people that agree with you. And you know, the whole group thing, thing, group think, thing. Um, and let's have these conversations. Let's, let's, let's kind of strip it down. And most importantly, let's focus on what's most important. The moments living your life awesomely. All right. Uh, Rick Denley in the house. What's up, buddy? Thank you for being here. Uh, go back and watch the whole episode, man. Uh, Rick's a brother. He's a misfit for life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mary Kay says here, what a great show. Amazing advice tonight. Thank you, Mary Kay. I know you wouldn't come on here and go, God, that show sucked and you're an asshole. Just kidding. I know you wouldn't, but uh, I just appreciate each and every one of you. And again, I would be remiss if I did not say this. We all have an opportunity. I'm on the board of directors for this organization. Serena Buffalino was in here. I'm not sure if she's still in here as well, but helphealhumanity.org. Please go there. You have opportunities to volunteer. We have so much, so much going on. We're here in the USA now. We got the USA board established. We're going to be doing some great stuff here in 2022. Oh my God, I can't even believe that. 
So jump on board with me. Um, let me know what we can do. Um, join the bad wagon so we can help heal humanity and make this world a better place for who we are. And again, connect with Heath, livethislife.org. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, connect with them on Instagram at Heath underscore Cummings, C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. And of course on facebook.com forward slash livethislife.org. Check it out. He's an amazing individual. And uh, we'll see you guys here next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. As always, whether you're watching live or on the replay, uh, we love you and appreciate you guys. Go out there and have a kick-ass unstoppable life. I'm Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach. We'll see you next time.